0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome once again to another edition of If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking. I am your host with the most, Archie Mitchell, and I am also now the defending book or the box champion over on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Yes, in their last edition of that show, I beat Nate Maxson and Aaron Maxson with a score of 15 to 11 and 9 So I will be defending my title the next time that we do another episode of the Book in the Box. Why is this prevalent right now? Well, because next week's show will be a Royal Rumble uh, show, talking about everything that went on this past Sunday at the Royal Rumble. Uh, The winners and losers of every match, as well as both the men's and women's Royal Rumble. And I will have special guests Nate Maxson and Aaron Maxson with me here in the studio talking about all of the 2022 Royal Rumble in its entirety. So, with that being said, we are once again back here on If You Smell What The Arch Is Cooking for our regular show, where we talk about AEW and NXT, as well as some quick hits. Maybe there's a little bit of gear grinding. You never know. So, what I want you guys to do is go ahead and pop open your favorite frosty beverage. And join me as I spew my venom, my hate, and my love for the world of professional wrestling. And we're going to start off with some quick hits this week. Quick hit number one, the Iconics, now known as the Inspiration. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce turned down the WWE's invite to come back and participate in the WWE Royal Rumble this year, just as they did with the knockouts. Uh, world champion mickey james now the inspiration are the knockouts tag team champions and it's possible that wwe wanted to showcase more of uh, impact's women's division more power to them but the iconics aka the inspiration said you know what it's a step backwards and it's really not going along with the uh, place that we see ourselves heading to right now. The path that we're on is perfectly fine here in Impact, and we don't feel like we need to return to the WWE. Now, I do not know Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Um, I thought that they were pretty decent while they were in the WWE. A tad bit annoying when they were on the mic, but still pretty good in the ring. Uh, again, I don't know them, though, but what I will say this, them telling the WWE no was like them telling Vince man to go fuck himself. And I don't blame them one bit. You fired me for no damn good reason during COVID. Um, you left me without a job. You left me with a 90-day no-compete clause that they had to wait all the way until those 90 days were up to finally sign with a company like Impact. Impact has now been their home. They immediately got an Impact World Tag Team title shot for the women's tag team titles. Congratulations to these two women for standing their ground and saying, no, Vince, we have no reason to come back to you. Number two on my list, the WWE asked Jeff Hardy to come back uh, to his job after letting him go a few weeks back and offered to put him in the 2022 Hall of Fame um, and induct him. And this was all being done as a way of the WWE's way to apologize to Jeff Hardy for his drug test coming back negative. That's right. Jeff Hardy was not under the influence of drugs during that house show that they sent him home on. Uh, When he said no to them, sending him to rehab was because he's not under the influence of any recreational or hardcore drug abuse right now. Jeff Hardy is clean. What is being said is that Jeff took a bump during the match that he had the night before, causing him to feel very loopy and out of place, very dizzy, possibly a concussion, wwe took it the wrong way immediately thinking jeff was under the influence so they fired him they offered him rehab when he said no they fired him and now they're offering him to come back and telling him hey we want you in the hall of fame too well guess what jeff hardy turned them down as well he said no he said he does not want to go back to wwe and he said no to joining the hall of fame at this time again i don't know jeff hardy i met him one time he is a, a great wrestler I know that he battles his demons, but I know that he has kept clean for quite some time now. And um, again, I would say that this is Jeff Hardy telling Vince McMahon to go fuck himself. Because again, you fired me without knowing the whole story. You did not drug test me. You did not allow those drug tests to come back, whether they be positive or negative. You just immediately assumed I was under drugs, offered me a um, a spot in rehab, in, to go to rehab. But if I'm not on drugs, what do I need rehab for? You know what sense does that make and then you just up and said well then we're going to let you go so jeff has been let go he does not wish to return or be in the hall of fame at this time i hope that jeff allows his body to heal or i hope that he allows his mind to get straight after all the craziness that's going on with the wwe uh and allows himself to become a more uh, uh calm down and uh get you know off of the whole road schedule that wwe has these guys doing on a weekly monthly and yearly basis takes another month or so off and then if he feels like showing back up an impact if he wants to go to aew and team with or face his brother matt all power to him i do not think that jeff hardy is ready to retire yet but i would hate for him to go ahead and join a company when he is not 100 just yet and risk injury that could be permanent so that's all i have to say though about jeff hardy i'm happy to hear that he did not fall off the wagon, he did not get back into drugs, and I'm happy to hear that he is standing his ground against WWE. Final quick hit is a review of GCW's The World on GCW show that took place just a couple of nights ago. Actually, it took place this past weekend, so it's been seven days. took me a while to actually get a chance to watch it. Uh, but I've heard nothing but rave reviews about this show, so I said, "Well, I've got to take a look at it." I've watched other GCW shows. I'm a fan of their product, whether Jim Cornette calls it a uh, Outlaw Mud Show or not. I don't care. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a hardcore wrestling fan. Let's see it. This show was really, really good. It was absolutely top to bottom a fun show. It had some funny spots. With Matt Cordona and Joey Janela. Um, and then it had some really good surprises. Again, with Matt Cordona and Joey Janela. And it had some really good wrestling action. Um, the opening match was surprisingly fantastic. Uh, we saw a six-man tag uh, that was unbelievable. The ladder match, as I mentioned, with the opening match was... You know, they talked about the guy that won it. Uh, never getting his shot that he was supposed to get... And he finally reached up in the ladder, grabbing a brass ring, symbol, symbolic, obviously, and, you know, him moving forward. Um, I can't talk more, and this is going to sound weird. I have condemned Matt Cordona on this show many of times. I've never been a Matt Cordona fan when he was Zack Ryder. Met the guy a couple times, excuse me, and uh, he's been a really sh- big shithead. Woodson's going back to the independent scene. AEW, impact and now gcw he has totally reinvented himself in his match with joey janela from the way that they built him showing pictures that joey Janela doctored of himself and chelsea green sort of a, a little bit of a tip of the hat to rick flair and macho man when they were in the wwf to the way cordona came out with the mcfo fuck mcfoley shirt to the sandman's theme, um having the internet championship belt around his waist, Chelsea obviously there, Joey Janela coming out to be the savior of GCW, and then Brian Myers interfering the same way that Edge did in the RVD-John Cena match at one night stand was fantastic. They even had a big sign that says the cordona wins we riot. Well, Cordona won, and they didn't riot, but they threw as much trash as they could in the ring as possible. Uh, <laughs> Um, Effie is a a really, really fantastic wrestler and his character is unbelievable because he's being himself and, um, his match was, was great. The main event shocked me, uh, because we got the Briscoe brothers defending the GCW world tag titles in an open challenge. We didn't know who their opponents were going to be. And it turns out it was Matt Tremont one of the biggest craziest guys in all of hardcore wrestling and then his tag team partner turns out to be the sickest king of deathmatch himself Nick Gage. and the match was only 10 minutes long but these four men left each other bloodied these four men left each other staggered and these four men ended up shaking hands afterwards and hugging, Gauge <laughs> uh, and uh, Tremont won and are now the GCW World Tag Team Title Champions. Um, you know, we also saw John Moxley defend the GCW World Title; he retained his belt as well. <laughs> it was just an all-around good show. I, again, I know Jim Cornette will sit there and call it a piece of shit, an outlawed mud show. They do the, these things strictly for uh, uh, to get the only the. the uh, cult like fans involved but I'm not a cult-like fan. I very I sparingly watch GCW once every two to three months. And I like that. So I'm gonna go ahead and say if you have not seen the world on GCW, go ahead and check it out. It is definitely a must watch. If not for anything else than to see Hornswoggle battle uh, Marco Stunt. <laughs> So, moving into our reviews, uh, NXT 2.0 is first, and MSK starts off the show and are hyping up the Dusty Cup. They make their way to the ring, and we are immediately going to the ring for our opening match, which is Jacket Time. Jiro and Kushida taking on MSK. This was 13 minutes high of a high-flying masterpiece. Uh, I poke fun at Jacket Time because of their name, but Jiro and Kushida are great together. Carter and Wesley, however, are just that much better. Just an inch better. And they showed it here tonight. Both teams went back and forth. Kushida countered MSK's finisher, but Carter fought out of it in, into a submission. And we saw MSK advance in a great uh, opening contest here for NXT. Hayashira and Zoe Stark um, have a uh, conversation backstage and they are talking about the Women's Dusty Cup and that. EO will need another tag team partner. Tiffany Stratton interrupts to let them know that she has a match with EO Shirai tonight. And I kind of hope that EO kicks her head off because I do not understand the Tiffany Stratton character in this day and age. Is she like the female million dollar man? Is she the million dollar woman? You know what I mean? It just makes no sense. We see highly packages of Cameron Grimes and the best thing in NXT says that tonight. He will beat Tony DiAngelo en route to a shot at Carmelo Hayes' North American Championship. We then go to the ring where Santos Escobar and Legado Del Fantasma are sitting center in the ring. Escobar says he's sick and tired of hearing about Braun Breaker. He makes fun of his family and his poor math skills. He's sick of Braun uh, that he got to NXT so fast and won the NXT title so quickly. And this brings Braun Breaker the NXT champion, out to the ring. Uh, He tells Santos to issue the challenge, and he'll accept it. It's as easy as that, but Santos says only on his time. Legato tries to uh, take out Braun, but Braun destroys both of them, sending them from the ring and leaving Santos Escobar speechless. We then go to a uh, false count anywhere, no disqualification match between Sokoa and Boa. Boa attacks Sokoa on the way to the ring with a kendo stick and unloads on his opponent. Until Sakoa counters with the Samoan drop. They trade shots with chairs, kendo sticks, and everything else that they wasn't nailed down. So Fukoa finally put Boa away after a huge Samoan splash through the uh, table at the nine-minute mark in a very good hardcore match, in my opinion. We see a promo package for Imperium, and Walter explains why he changed his name to Gunter and that this is now his time. His granddad, who introduced him into wrestling, was known as Walter, and he wants to have his own impact. Therefore, he has named himself Gunter. It is a new age and a new time for the future of Imperium, and they are ready. Hudson then takes on, uh, Duke Hudson takes on Raj, the young man who he uh, took out last week during his run-in on uh, Chan and Raj's match. This is a total squash. Hudson gets the win in a minute and 27 seconds with the razor's edge. Post-match, Chan attacked Hudson, but Duke Chop blocked him right in the right leg that Chan had already injured in the past. I'm not understanding why Duke Hudson is now going to feud with this newcomer. All I can think of is is that Duke Hudson is a lost soul who doesn't really know where he belongs in NXT, and they're just going to keep throwing him from person to person until something finally sticks. Uh, We hear from Parada and Indy Hardwell before their six-woman tag team match tonight. Against Toxic Attraction, Kylie Ray walks in and says they are unified in taking all the gold away from Toxic Attraction. Backstage, Legato del Fantasma are fuming over Braun Breaker and what he did to them. Santos says Braun is going to have to fight Legato two on one unless he can find a partner, but he doesn't think that that will happen. We go to the ring for a six-man tag a six woman tag team match. It is Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy Rose, oh, the women's tag team champions and the women's champion of NXT, taking on Kylie Ray, Indy Hartwell, and Parada. Great six woman tag team match here tonight. Uh, Mandy Rose did all she could to stay away from Kylie Ray. Gigi Dolan proved to be the star of the match, uh, and the and the Toxic Attraction team spent most of the time in the ring. Ray took out JC Jane and Hartwell hit a big splash on Rose, but Parada got the win with the powerhouse slam to Gigi Dolan at the 17-minute mark in a very impressive six-woman match. (laughs) We then hear from Blade and Enfro about their success so far. They're hyped to be going into the semifinals of the Dusty Cup. And I I have no problem with this team. They're they're great athletes. They're doing fantastic, but I just think that they have beaten – Two other teams I'd rather have seen in the Dusty Cup, and I'm hoping that this is where they finally max out and are done in the Dusty Cup, and the Indians go back to normal tag team matches. Uh, I don't. If they win the Dusty Cup, an inexper- inexperienced tag team like them winning it makes no sense to me. Um, Cora Jade continues to beg Raquel uh, Gonzalez to team with her in the women's Dusty Cup. Um, I get that they're building these two. As an odd couple, but it's not paying off here. And apparently we're going to see Cora Jade taking on Raquel Gonzalez next week because Raquel continues to refuse. Grizzled young veterans take on um, Andre Chase and his uh, protege Hayward. Chase and Hayward tried and actually got in some really good moves. Uh, They attributed to Dusty Rhodes by Chase doing the uh, flip-flop and fly, uh, which was excellent. But Drake and Gibson cut through their opponents in five minutes and got the win. In my opinion, the Grizzled Young Veterans deserve the win here, and they got it. Andre Chase and his new tagging partner Hayward just don't make any sense yet. Had they been teaming for like six months, then all power to them, let them go through. But Grizzled Young Veterans deserve to be moving forward. Post-match, Von Wagner is back, and he took out both Chase and Hayward and is now involved with Robert Stone, which I was hoping for. And I, I like this. I'm okay with it. Let's see what happens. Grayson Waller sends a message to LA Knight and names his new bodyguard, Sangha. Uh, I still don't care. <laughs> Theo Shirai takes on Tiffany Stratton. Stratton got off a couple of basic moves, like an arm drag and a slam, but just proved to be that Io Shirai was better than a true veteran uh, who got the win in four minutes with her moonsault. Don't get the, I don't get the Stratton character. Again, I don't understand that she's a well rich kid. Did we really need that in modern WWE? You know what I mean? Do we really believe that a spoiled rich girl would go through the WWE developmental system and the performance center and then all of a sudden end up at NXT? I don't think so. Uh, we hear from the Diamond Mine and Malcolm uh, Bivens says, Gunther and Imperium should be worried because next week they have a six-man tag with Diamond Mine, and the rest of Diamond Mine chime in saying that they are planning to take out Imperium, and they are definitely serious about what is about to happen between both groups. We then see a musical performance from uh, Tits McGee, or seriously, who was this? Why is this happening? Don't get it? And we get to our main event, which is what I was waiting for. Um, Cameron Grimes and uh, Tony D'Angelo Number one contendership for the uh, North American title. Started out with some comedy, but then got a change to a good match. D'Angelo held Grimes down and kept control for more most of the match. Grimes finally made a comeback with a shifting slam, but only got a two count. Pete Dunne showed up with a croquet mallet and uh, distracted Tony D. Grimes hit the double stop and gets the win in 14 minutes after a very strong performance between both men. Good main event. And it was continued, the two stories that were going on here, uh, obviously Grimes and Hayes going forward, and Tony D and Pete Dunne moving as well. Outside, Braun Breaker is leaving the building, and Legato pulls up, try to take him out. And as they try to go to the NXT champion to fight all three of them, Tommaso Ciampa makes his return to NXT and stands to- tall with Braun Breaker, basically saying, I'm his tag team partner. Ron says three on two. Matt checks out. He likes that. I do too. And the show goes off the air. Um, This was miles better than last week. Even these squash matches, they were squash matches for the sake of it. You have to have a squash match with a guy like Duke Hudson because he's six foot five and Chen is only like five foot ten. You know, Kylie Ray and everything and everything that went on with Dad, Io Shirai and Tiffany Strait. You have to have. Those types of matches. Um, I give this show a four out of five, solid D rating here. Definitely deserved what it got because NXT much much better, and we are apparently leading to NXT Vengeance Day, um, which is the next pay per view. And I'm sure we're going to see matches like Cameron Rhymes and Car- and Carmelo Hayes. Uh, apparently, the finals of the Dusty Classic will happen there. So I'm all for it as we move along uh, to NXT's next big show. Speaking <laughs> of big shows, it's time for AEW Dynamite Beach Break. Now, all week long, I questioned why are they show? Why did they name this show Beach Break? There are no beaches in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm proven wrong because Tony Giovanni actually conducted an interview from a beach in Cleveland, Ohio. Who knew? <laughs> The show kicks off with the ladder match to combine both TNT titles. Um, I was surprised at this, I thought they'd go with the main event, but oh well. Uh, Rhodes and Guevara ladder match, uh, for the unified TNT championship. And I'll admit when I'm wrong. And although I said that they were co- copying the storyline of HBK and Razor Ramon from Raw in the 90s, and I asked them to show me something, well, they did, they did. Um, I would like this match to have been more drawn out. Uh, The storyline to at least go on a couple of more weeks. But, man, did Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara just go for it. Cody, as the veteran, counted everything Guevara had, but the youngster continued to come back. The plancha outside, the GTS uh, to the floor, unbelievable. And that swanton from the top of the 12-foot ladder onto Cody, who was on another ladder that didn't break, absolutely sickening. Uh, We then saw a cutter from one ladder to another by Guevara to to Cody. This was unbelievable. I found myself marking out during this match. And at the 25-minute mark, Guevara knocked Cody Rhodes off the other ladder that he was coming up on. Grab both titles. Your winner and new unified TNT champion, Sammy Guevara. Now, before I go into anything else, I would like to say thank you, Cody Rhodes for giving us three great matches with Sammy Guevara since A.W. started. Thank you for putting over such a younger talent like Sammy Guevara, and thank you for allowing yourself to not feel like you needed to be at the top of being in the TNT title picture for longer than a few weeks. Uh, This was a great opener, and again, I'll admit when I'm wrong, they did a fantastic job here. Both men killed themselves in that matchup. Tony Schiavone then interviews Starks and Hobbs at the beach in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Hobbs challenged Dante Martin to one more match, and Starks said next week he will defend the FTW title against Jay Lethal. I understand why the FTW title is there, but I don't think Jay Lethal is jumping up and down going, I'm getting an FTW title shot. Oh, my God, no. He's happy to be on one-on-one Ricky Stark and to be battling Team Taz, but I don't think he's all that enthusiastic about getting the uh, shot at the orange belt. No. Uh, uh, Wardlow took on two jobbers here and did three power bombs each and got the win in two minutes. Another squash, but well done to continue to build Wardlow after what happened a couple of weeks ago with CM Punk. This is what you need to do to progress the Wardlow character continue it, show him off as the monster who is fuming and you don't know what he's going to do just quite yet. Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz took on 2.0 and Garcia. Really good six-man tag match. Santana and Ortiz with some good double-teaming move against 2.0 and assisted three amigos, mood salt, and then he a low-diving headbutt. Garcia and 2.0 took over and even took the fight to Chris Jericho. The match spilled out with all six men fighting around the ring. Jericho nailed a Judas effect on the outside to Garcia, allowing Santana to hit a power driver, and the inner circle got the win in 12 minutes. Post-match, though, Jericho walks away from Santana and Ortiz, and it seems like there may be problems inside the inner circle. Now, (coughs) Jake Hager hasn't really been seen that much. I'm sure he's off training for another mixed martial arts match. That's fine. Sam Guevara is doing his own thing with the TNT title, and Santana and Ortiz have been questioning what Jericho is even doing for their careers anymore. Jericho walking away here, I can't wait to see what happens next. I just hope that this is not where Santana and Ortiz turn on Jericho. We bring back Eddie Kingston, and now it's Jericho battling Kingston, Santana and Ortiz. We then see pre-match, uh, pre-recorded comments from Lance Archer and the AEW champion Adam Page. These two will eventually lock up in a Texas death match for the title, according to Archer. Judging by how Page has been defending his title, bleeding at every chance that he can, uh, I'm sure this is going to be absolutely great. We see Tony Giovanni interview Jurassic Express and Christian. Matt Hardy and Private Party. Private Party are the number one contenders. They are at the top of the list in the tag team division. And they will get a shot this Friday night on Rampage. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus make a little bit of fun at the uh, the, uh, the side of uh, Private Party saying that their watches look fake and so do their shirts. This causes Matt Hardy to take fault with it. and We end the segment. We then go to inside the ring with CM Punk, and he gets another big ovation from the Cleveland audience. Punk makes his plea to get a match with MJF. Out comes Max, finally makes his way out and says that CM Punk has been wishing for this match, and all that's going to happen is is once MJF beats him, Punk is going to leave the sport and professional wrestling again. He doesn't care about the fans. He doesn't care about leaving. He only cares about himself. Punk says that the reason that he left was because he did care. He needed time to heal. He needed time to get his mind right. And that he left because of the fans to make sure that he was 100% better. MJF and Punk now begin trading jabs back and forth on the mic. And MJF finally says, next week in Chicago, we will get CM Punk versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman in the match that we've all been waiting for. I certainly cannot wait. I hope that we get an honest-to-God real match. And not just MJF playing with us again. Um, and MJF sends out FTR, Sean Spears, and Wardlow to take out CM Punk. The power bomb on the chair from Wardlow. Wardlow looking around. It's his Cleveland people. were are telling him not to. Leads me to believe that we may finally see the turn of Wardlow. Although I don't know if I want it yet because I want him to continue to be uh, moving forward and growing as a heel. So that when he finally turns his face, it's better. But who am I to judge? It was still a great segment. It went a little too long, but still a really good segment. The acclaim say they're happy about Mox being back because this Friday night on Rampage, Bowens is going to get some revenge from Mox. Uh, damn, I, I talk about long storytelling. I forgot Moxley took out the Acclaim a couple of months back and helping Brian Pillman Jr. I, I didn't even remember that happened. Backstage, Mark Sterling lets Julia Hart know that she's the next challenger for Jade's TBS title. And if she signs the crack- contract, she will be uh, the number one contender. She does, despite Griff Garrison telling her not to. And we will see another TBS title match this Friday night on Rampage. Rampage is ramming up, ramming up to be a pretty damn good show. Red Velvet then takes on Layla Hirsch. This was not as bad as I was imagining. Red actually showed a lot of improvement, and Hirsch came off like a submission-style badass. Hirsch took control and worked over the arm and knee of Red. Hirsch finally got in an armbar and picked up the win in 12 minutes. Chris Atlander ran down to get her to finally release the hold. And AEW is proving me wrong here tonight on many accounts. Again, I said during last week's show that Layla Hirsch, Red Velvet, and Chris Atlander were only put together because they were tired of using Red Velvet and and Layla on dark and dark elevation and they were just there for the the you know the whatever of it but no they showed me a great deal of, of momentum in this matchup uh, so now I want to see Statlander versus Hirsch Tony Giovanni interviews Britt Baker <coughs> Britt talks about all of her accomplishments including being undefeated in her title defenses and her PWI awards this year she says she is the champion everyone needs And will continue to be the face of the company and then we go to our main event and it is orange cassidy taking on adam cole in a lights out match now if you do not know what a lights out match means it means that it is unsanctioned the company is not responsible for anything that happens and if somebody gets hurt well they're not liable and we've only seen one other of these matches in uh, AEW, and that was when it was Thunder Rosa versus Mrs. Adam Cole, baby, Britt Baker. And that made both of them instant stars. Then. So I don't know what you do with two or eight stars. Did they get bigger? We'll have to wait and find out. This wasn't a match, though. It was a fight. Cole used everything he had and then some, but Cassidy would not stay down. We saw interference from the Best Friends and the Young Bucks and even the newly debuting Dan Housen. That's right. The very nice, very evil, Danhausen is now all elite. Uh, Cassidy came off the top of the entry with Cole and landed through the stage, which allowed him to get the win after a 20-minute barn burner of a match. Such a good show this week. Tightened up. There were not a lot of you know loose ends or anything going on. Only one squash, and everything else was perfectly done. And giving this show a five out of five a plus well done aew you, you you did everything you needed to presenting a show like beach break and saying it's something big well guess what it was something big i thoroughly enjoyed it and i know a lot of people were like oh, we should have had a, a bigger debut than dan house it should have been johnny gargano it should have been the fiend or you know uh, uh win It could have been anybody. Well, here's the thing, guys. AEW never said that they were signing Johnny Gargano, nor did Johnny say that he was ever going to AEW. He said that he will see the fans soon. Wyndham Rotundo, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, has never said that he has signed with AEW, although Tony Khan has hinted to it. Yes, there may be a chance that he does come in, but they might want to be waiting to a bigger time. Uh, You know, there are pay-per-views coming up. There are more important things than just dynamite and rampage. Uh you want the ratings to be huge, yes, but you also want the pay-per-views to sell. So um, you know, we're getting our hopes up here for Wyndham or Gargano or someone big. Hey, I like Dan Housen. I think he's gonna be a, a fine fit in AEW. So why not have him debut in a fun skit with Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy during their lifestyle match? And now on to that show that was ramping up to be huge during AEW Dynamite. AEW Rampage um, Friday Night Championship Edition, apparently. And we go to the ring immediately, starting off right away with Moxley versus Bowens. Now, Moxley has only been back now for two weeks. This will be his second match. And I've met Anthony Bowens. I've seen him wrestle live. Great athlete. So this should definitely be good. And Mox looked a lot better this week. Things were a little tighter. He didn't seem so rusty. Bowens actually got in some good offense and actually forced Mox to cover up a few times. We saw back and forth pin attempts by both men. Bowens tried to use his ghetto blaster or radio, what have you. But Mox hit a double-armed DDT. picks up to win in 13 minutes. Very good opener. Very much enjoyable. Happy to see Mox. Honing his craft again and getting better each time that he's going to step into the ring. Post-match, <coughs> we see Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson. I will continue to call him Daniel Bryan uh, while he is in AEW. Brian Danielson watching Moxley on a backstage monitor and smiling. Still wondering where this is going. Nyla Rose, sends, Nyla Rose sends a warning to Ruby Soho for next week's Dynamite. We then see Andrade offering Darby Allin a contract. Darby lets Andrade know his money. He doesn't need his money, and um, they have no business to talk about Andrade walks off. Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson take on FTR. Great back-and-forth tag match. Brock proving to be learning a lot from his dad, and Johnson is a true student of the game. They got the upper hand on Dax, but Cash tagged in and gained control. Brock got taken out. FTR hit a double-team pile driver. And uh, they got the win in 10 minutes. Very good tag team match. We hear from Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez yet again. I can't wait for these two women to lock up, and apparently they will do so next week on Rampage. I would have rather AEW Dynamite, but I guess let's start off slow and then move to the bigger stage until we finally see these two women battle on pay-per-view. They've got a lot of history, and I think that will mean a better match when they finally step in the ring with each other. AEW then shows highlight packages of Serena Deev and what she's been doing lately with that mean streak of hers. She is caught in the eye of everyone, and I, for one, want to see Serena Deev challenge for one of the women's titles. Although, with Britt Baker and Jade both being heels, I don't know if we're going to see that happen anytime soon. Julia Hart then amps up to take on Jade for the TBS title. Uh, Julia tried to fight, but Jade was just too much. Jade got the win in two minutes after a pump kick and a glam slam. Once again, this is how you do a squash. This is needed. Promote your monster champion. She will continue to do good in short matches like this against you know, common uh, uh, opponents and then let her have great matches with someone who could lead her to them. Mark Henry then does his split screen interview with both Jurassic Express and Private Party uh, before a main event and Christian and Matt Hardy both plead for their team's cases and we are ready to go to the ring. And it is Jurassic Express taking on Private Party and Private Party attacked early and even hit their finisher on Jungle Boy in the first minute of the match but were only able to get it to. Cassidy kept control uh, for his team for quite a while but Private Party almost got the win a couple of times luchasaurus finally got the hot tag and that top rope slam off the shoulders of uh, luchasaurus by jungle boy was sickening absolutely fantastic lucha and jungle hit their double team move which is that flip into the power bomb and get the win in 15 minutes what a main event i absolutely enjoyed it post-match the gun club come in and attack the jurassic express and make their statement for getting a shot at the tag team titles i am giving AEW Rampage, a 4.5 out of 5. Solid A show here tonight. Uh, I just wanted more. I don't know why. I think I wanted more out of both tag team matches. And maybe I would like to have seen uh, the opener go a little longer because Mox and Bowens actually had a lot of chemistry. But that's no fault of theirs. It was an incredible week of wrestling for both NXT and AEW. I applaud both of them. And No complaints on either show by yours truly. Um, now, tonight, we're going to do something a little differently. We are not going to do what grinds my gears here. No, no, no. We are going to talk about the Royal Rumble a little bit and what I think will be happening um, this Saturday night on pay-per-view. Um, <clears throat> and, I mean, I have to say it's a pretty good card up, up and down. Both world title matches have been a driving force on both Raw and SmackDown. Brock and Bobby Lashley are killing it. Seth Rollins is leading Roman Reigns to perhaps his most entertaining feud that he's had so far. Um, the women's title match between Becky and Dewdrop seems a little pointless, but Dewdrop has been ruthless. I think that's going to add to this matchup. Um, so there, And then both Raw rumbles... The thing about the Royal Rumble matches is you you know who's on the Roster before it, and you kind of get, oh, this guy's in it, that guy's in it. The old uh, WWF uh, interviews with Mean Jean, where he would run down who's in the Royal Rumble, and then they leave out one or two spots for those surprises. This year, with all of these layoffs, both the women's and the men's Royal Rumble have so many holes. You don't know who's going to debut. You don't know who's going to return. You don't know what's about to happen. All we know is is that Mickie James is booked for the Women's Royal Rumble, despite being the Impact Women's Champion. She is booked to be in the Women's Royal Rumble, along with Kelly Kelly, Lita, Michelle McCool, and uh, a few other returning legendary women's superstars um, on the Raw side. We've heard of no returns for any legends or any one big name coming in. They didn't bring anybody from the impact side of the men's roster to come in here. (laughs) But my feeling is here, and hear me out, is that when it comes to the men's Royal Rumble, uh, we may see Johnny Gargano or The Fiend return during this match. Um, It would only make sense... Johnny Gargano mentioned during an interview before his contract let out that he actually didn't want to leave the WWE and that he was just waiting to have his son born and to, you know, go home and be with his family for a little while. Again, never mentioned AEW in that instance. The Fiend was let go during COVID and during his mourning of the passing of Brody Lee. Um, And nothing else has been said about that except for the vignettes that um, when the Retundo is doing on YouTube. Who knows if one of them are gonna pop in? It it, could, it would I think it would lead to two great crowd responses if both of those men returned. Um it, it, there could be a couple of other guys who were fired during COVID and the coronavirus that could make their return as well, strictly for one night. They don't gotta be rehired, but the roster is so thin right now, they're gonna need it. Otherwise, we're just going to get guys like Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo coming in and getting tossed out by a Drew McIntyre or what have you. It's going to lead to a big mess of just, you know, the the lower card getting beat up by the main card. In any indication, I do believe that Becky Lynch will retain the WWE Raw Women's title against Dewdrop, whether it's with underhanded uh, uh, tactics, someone helping her, like maybe a Bianca Belair, getting a distraction on Drop or whatnot, Becky will retain and still be the Raw Women's Champion. I also believe that <laughs> Brock Lesnar will beat Bobby Lashley. I could see that match ending in some sort of controversy, such as a countout or disqualification victory, um, because I think that they will want to keep Bobby Lashley in the title picture and won't want Brock to just destroy him Let's face it, this is not, please understand when I say this, <laughs> this is not Ricochet. This is not Kofi Kingston. This is not Finn Balor. These guys are, that I just mentioned, <laughs> uh, gave up 200 pounds to Brock Lesnar. And it was just the WWE allowing Brock to run through somebody. Bobby Lashley's 270 pounds. Brock Lesnar cannot run through him. And this is not Goldberg, where Brock has to only worry about having a two-minute match. I think this will be at least a 10, 12-minute match where both guys will get in their shots. And if Brock beats him, cleanly, great. But if not, Bobby may win by DQ or lose by DQ, continuing the (laughs) storyline. And on the flip side of things, with Roman and Seth, I am actually seeing... Roman Reigns keeping the title again. Yes, another champion uh, will retain at the Royal Rumble. I see Roman beating Seth cleanly. I don't The bloodline is, is, you know, blocked from the ring. They're banned from the ring. So there's no reason for Roman to get the outside help. Uh, They've been talking about that Roman cannot beat Seth Rollins one-on-one. So it only seems right that if they're going to allow this to happen... Roman finally beats Seth one on one and can, you know, lay claim to finally beating him. I'm still the champion. And then we can go into Brock beating Bobby soundly at the next pay per view, or Bobby beating Brock for the Raw Raw World title, World Heavyweight Championship. And this way, Brock can go on to face Roman. Or if Brock beats Bobby soundly at the next pay per view before Mania. Then we have the title unification match between Brock and Roman, but that's me getting ahead of schedule. <laughs> On the Royal Rumble side of things, uh, I don't see Charlotte Flair winning the Raw, winning the Women's Royal Rumble. It would make make no sense for her to win and then handpick her opponent. Um, Not that I think she would pick just anybody. I think that she would pick a really good opponent for herself. It just really doesn't make any sense unless Bailey returns and is the person she picks. Or we're going into something where she has a match with uh, Sasha Banks uh, at WrestleMania. Um, I foresee Lita possibly winning the Women's Royal Rumble and her challenging Charlotte Flair at Mania. Charlotte will beat Lita, obviously. Or Lita can even have one more run and be the women's champion yet again. If not Lita, then I can see Sasha Banks finally winning the women's uh, Royal Rumble. Um, Charlotte has won it. Becky has won it. Bianca Belair and Asuka have won it. So it only makes sense that Sasha gets the shot to finally win it and then go ahead and main event WrestleMania, either against Charlotte or Becky. I would like to see either one of those matches. I love when the four horsewomen get in the ring with each other, and I think that at WrestleMania, we very welcomed. On the men's side of things, I only see one possible winner, and that is Drew McIntyre. You could boo me. You could say, well, he had two title runs. He did okay, but hold on. He had two title runs during the no fans COVID area, and he actually did a damn fine job as champion both times. Um there's no, you know, there's no BS in here. He got moved to SmackDown to be able to challenge for the world title or the universal title against Roman Reigns because he was not allowed to challenge for the world heavyweight title on Raw anymore. So I foresee Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble and uh going ahead challenging Roman Reigns uh, for the WWE Universe Championship. If it is not Drew McIntyre, then for the love of God, let it be AJ Styles. That guy's won everything else. He might as well win a Royal Rumble while he's there. He just re-signed with the company. Give the guy a Royal Rumble win. You know what I mean? And then we'll go either to Roman versus AJ or, or AJ versus Brock or AJ versus Bobby or whatever you have. Go ahead and do it. If it's not Drew, it should be AJ Styles, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't mention the uh, grit couple versus the it couple, Miz and Maurice versus uh, Beth, Venus, and Edge. It's not that I have anything against this match, but I just I think that this might have been better for a, a, a Raw or a smaller pay per view, not the Royal Rumble. Uh, and he should have let Edge and Beth both be in the Royal Rumble matches. But in any indication, I have the strange feeling that Ms. and Maurice will win this one. And then at the next pay-per-view, uh, we will have a rematch in which Beth and Edge will win. Uh, I think the Royal Rumble should be a damn good pay-per-view, though. It always is. Um, you know what I mean? There have only been, like, maybe three really bad Rumbles, in my opinion. So I foresee this being one of the better ones. Uh, so that's that's pretty much it for tonight. Join me next week for a special edition if you smell what the art's cooking when I will talk about um, the Raw Rumble in its entirety and what happened, who the winners were, who should have been the winners, if I don't agree with who won, uh, any surprise entrances. And my two special guests, Nate and Aaron Maxson, will be joining me here in the studio. So thank you for joining me once again. Continue to support this show and all the shows under the We Can't Wrestle uh, podcast and and radio uh, radio station and I will see you next time on If You Smell What the Arch Is Cooking